Welcome to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Lees, conversations and stories about the issues, challenges and experiences of intellectual property creators and managers. In this special episode, we're joined by serial entrepreneur Mags Walker. Mags is the founder of Yorkshire-based marketing agency The Fable and Tulali, a statement fashion accessory brand featured in Vogue and on BBC's Strictly Come Dancing. Max joins Apple Yardley's partner and solicitor Chris Hull to chat about her journey from big four accountant to founder of two successful startup businesses. We have a really exciting podcast for you today. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce Mags Walker. Mags is an accountant turned entrepreneur turned fashion icon. And I've had the pleasure <laughs> of knowing and working Steady. with Mags throughout much of her post accountancy journey. Uh, for many reasons, Mags is an inspiration, uh, and I'm extremely pleased to have the opportunity to host this podcast uh, with her today, which I'm sure will be of interest to many of our listeners. Uh, Mags, thank you for taking your time to My speak to pleasure. us this morning. My pleasure. What a build-up. Uh, no problem at all. So, Mags, let's start from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. How did you become an entrepreneur? How did I become an entrepreneur? Well, to be fair, I've got to give some credit to uh, PwC, which is where I trained, as you know. Um, I started life as an accountant. And uh, after qualifying, I sort of had a stint in the corporate finance department. And whilst I was in there, I was working on an acquisition for a big advertising agency. And the target company uh, was... I don't know how to describe them. They were kind of less professional than the acquirers, let's put it that way. And they were very, I got on with them really well because I can be um, rough and, and what have you. And so whilst I was there, they basically locked me in a cupboard and wouldn't let me out until I agreed to be their finance director. I went to see the guys at PW and said I was leaving and they said, go for it. What an amazing opportunity because I was only in my 20s. It's ridiculous. I can't believe it. But And I became the FD of, um, of a, an adverti- a small advertising group and the guy that owned it was a classic entrepreneur. I was meant to be his blue chip bit and <laughs> the sort of credible face of the company, for want of a better word. But I have to be honest, that's kind of where I learned. That's where I really became um, entrepreneurial because up until then I would have said I was fairly straight-laced. Straight-laced is not a good description of me. But anyway, that's where I learned entrepreneurship. Is that a word? And okay, I'll I, give you that. That'll be a word. I mean, how did you make the jump then, I suppose? You're obviously getting the... What, to having know, my the, own business? Yeah, to having your so, own business. Well, I mean, I learned so much whilst I was at the uh, group that I was with. We, we did so many things. I mean, we, we floated the group on AIM. I became uh, an FD of a public company, which was a huge learning experience. But what happened when we floated, we had all these bigwigs from Dalgetty Chemicals, I think it was. What relevance they were to our business, I'll never know. It was a very strange time. And um, so in terms of the doing, my, doing things my own way, they actually fired all of the rest of the board apart from me because I suppose they thought, well, she's an accountant. Um, I don't know. They kept me anyway. But it, it became apparent that... I didn't really like this corporate, very corporate way of them working. So I thought, look, I've got some, because I did make quite a bit of money at that time. And so I thought, I'm going to start my own business. And that's how I start. I actually originally started a kiddies clothing company, would you believe? 
Really? Um, address- okay. Did you do you not know this? There's story? the beginning of your fashion. I think you've uh, you well, mentioned yeah, it exactly. Very once, fashionable. But yeah, <laughs> it's already starting the fashion journey. Well, it was a huge change, to be honest. I think probably because I'd I'd done quite well, really, so young, and to be a boss, and then suddenly these other people came who were bossing me about. I realised I didn't really like being told what to do. All I the can't time. see you, Mags, being told what to do ever. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine that at all. So what, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're talking trademarks today at some point. So what was the name yes. of the kiddie clothing business? Well, the original kiddie clothing company was called It's a Small World, which is a bit dangerous if you think about it. Was it the Disney tune? It's a Small World. Something similar, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, I got name, away with it. Go. That's what it was called. <laughs> we made dressing up clothes for um, kids. And to be honest, you know me, uh, I got straight into Hamleys and Harrods with my dressing up clothes. But I never made any money. Uh, it was a big learning experience. This was my first taste of UK manufacturing, actually, because I actually employed um, some ladies who did sewing and we had a little factory in Cone and we made everything ourselves, which uh, at the time was not the most sensible thing to do because I just couldn't compete on price. Does that make sense? I mean, the, my costs were extortionate, but the market wouldn't stand it in a kiddie clothing environment so I decided it was never going to work and and one of my former colleagues came headhunting me to to actually run their corporate I know this is a bit of a jumping about career but they said come back run the corporate finance um, department at uh, a firm of accountants Jackson's actually in Chorley and um, it was guaranteed. I know Chorley well. Yeah. And also they thought that I was surprisingly entrepreneurial for an accountant. It might be a good uh, way of getting clients. So I decided to go back to accountancy for a while, but I wasn't happy. So so then, so went to Jackson's and then again had the thought, well, let's try try another business idea. Yes, I do sound like a flippity jib, don't I? But <laughs> it's quite, bra- I mean, it's brave though, isn't it? I mean, it's, oh, I, you know, definitely I, I, that. I, I'm certainly yeah. not an entrepreneur and... You know, I, I love business development and marketing, but I, it's a it's a big jump to go and sort of run your own um, business, isn't it? And and sort of step away from the um, the the, the, well, the, the larger corporate, the security of the corporate the corporate environment. So yeah. That, so but, what happened there then, Max? So then what? How did you how did you start your 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 new business? A new business. Well, the very first business, to be honest. So bear in mind, I'd done the kiddie clothing company. Yeah, that one didn't work out. And I'd been working in a marketing agency. I was there quite a long time, that first company I told you about. I learned an awful lot about marketing. I'd sort of decided I wanted my own business, so the kiddie clothing didn't work out. I agreed to go back into um, corporate finance because I had two young kids. I was divorced by this point in time. No surprise, I was a workaholic. And um, (laughs) (laughs) so I needed to earn some money quite frankly so that's what I did but obviously I'd got the bug for having my own business just making my own decisions and um I tried a wine company have I ever told I've told you this story I don't think I've heard about the wine company Max you have heard about the wine company well let's tell our listeners about what was it called women on wine so it was myself and a couple of friends and we had a magazine that was all about wine, and I was very good at that because that was all about the marketing side of it. And we even got invited. I used to, I spoke on radio about wine. Gosh, it's all coming back to me now. And we got invited to be 
uh, wine experts at the closed show live, another fashion connection you notice. But what happened was we had this brilliant wine business and lots of fantastic information about wine directed at women. So we had loads of visitors to our website. The website was fabulous. The magazine was fabulous. And everybody then went off to buy their wine at the supermarket because it was cheaper. I mean, I'm very proud to say I've never gone bust in my entire life, but um, it's cost me a lot to keep yeah, starting. Yeah, but I don't businesses. think it's an unusual story, though, is it? For no, because... To get to the stage where you're at now, before you, you reach the point where you, yes, I think you have so. a successful business, I think you've, you've got to, to, to you've learn, got to haven't you? You've got to yeah, it sounds. It certainly sounds like that. You know, speaking to many entrepreneurs, that's uh, mm. that's quite common. It's a common theme. It's not the Is first that business. Makes me feel that feel better. <laughs> well, it certainly seems to be the case, isn't it? It's not. You know, that first the business you set up, it, you might try, and then it it, it does okay. But then it's mm. the, the second or third one that that is eventually the success. Well, um, clearly that is true because um, I, I would say I've learnt what not to do several times over now. But I remember sitting down with my dad. And uh, it was like, here we go again. How much have you lost this time? And um, it basically said, Mags, why don't you start a business doing something you actually know how to do? <laughs> As opposed words. to these random... words. <laughs> it's words. <laughs> I said, what on earth do you mean? And he just said, you know, obviously marketing is something that you really grew to understand I mean I did I learned a lot about marketing from some of the best marketing minds there are because our clients were you know the big marketeers of the day and I learned from them so my dad said why don't you have a marketing company and I thought that's not such a daft idea <laughs> so that's when I started my marketing agency uh, which is um, which was original well it was originally called practical PR but then it wasn't really PR so I wanted to change the name to Kuko Communications. Yeah. And that's where you came in. Yeah, at that stage, you know, you sort of came to us and said, we've had a letter, I think, hadn't you, about applying for the trademark? What had happened was we'd, we'd launched the business, called it Kuka Communications, and and this little company, I can't, were they down south somewhere in Bristol? Somewhere, somewhere. wasn't it? It was many yeah. moons ago now, wasn't it? But and yeah. suddenly, and I hadn't thought, stupid me, to register the name or anything like that. In fairness, I, I really hadn't thought about it. It seemed like a fairly random There was name. a lot of other stuff going on, isn't there, at the time? You know, a lot well, of things to it wasn't about. being used, I don't think. It wasn't a limited company name, was it? I'm trying to remember now. So I don't but, think, um, yeah, because I think it was quite new, wasn't it? So they, they, they'd registered the trade. Well, they registered but, it but, after we got going. They hadn't yeah. originally registered, if you remember, because I hadn't registered it. And then we started to get a lot of exposure online. And I think that's when they noticed us. And uh, they've they registered their name. Yeah, no, it was an interesting that's... story, wasn't it? Because yeah, it was I think so, yeah. because on. there was there was you a short that. time frame, wasn't there, between you starting and, yes. and the other side registering the trademark? And there was, yes. you know, it, it, in IP there are arguments you can make in reply, but I think ultimately you came to the commercial decision of saying, well, let's let's change the name at this stage and and move away from from Cuco. So that's where the the the, the, the now name comes from isn't it i think what um, the fable the fable yeah um yes so what was yeah. how did you change to that then what was what was the process of coming up with the the name that stuck we actually spent some time treating ourselves like a client and um thinking about what we were all about and what we were all about were telling stories but with a purpose and a meaning so that to me that was like a fable uh, with the E on the end. And this is really sad, but it's true. I just thought, well, we only want four letters. I don't want a brand 
uh, or a website or anything like that with more than four letters, it's too much. So we just dropped the E and that's how we became the fable. But then you you, you set up a new venture. Um, so I didn't get this. over the bug. Well, so I've, I'd spent, what, so probably eight years looking after everybody else's brands. And if I'm being honest, there are times when, um, you know, you don't necessarily agree with your client, but at the end of the day, it's their money. So you, you have to do what they ultimately decide. <laughs> and <then laughs> I've always wanted my own product. So tell us a bit, Mags, about, about Two Lally. I mean, this is where we're, again, another, another their creative name there as well. Basically, when I was at PwC, one of the things I was famous for was my supersized earrings. I promise I never looked much like an accountant, but um, I, I did, in fact, get told off one time for just asked to tone it down a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's a pattern, if you know, I'm obsessed with fashion. I'm a complete poser. And so I'd worked with the Topshop team and used to go to their offices. And I'm really into art and jewellery and fashion. My dad wouldn't let me. You're getting the picture that my dad had a lot to say in my life. Well, when I was young, he wouldn't let me do art. He said, um, you have to have a sensible profession. And then when you're rich enough to be able to afford to do what you want, you can do your art. I went, oh, right, okay, Dad. <laughs> you know that my daughter is actually disabled. And she'd got to the stage where she wasn't, she couldn't go to school anymore. She's got learning difficulties too. And so she needed something to do. I didn't want to just sat at home, no interaction anymore, because it's really important. So I thought, right, let's just get a little business for Katie. And we bought a tiny little shop in Barnoldswick, which is where I live. Uh, It was meant to be a kiddies creative emporium because I love creative things. Katie likes creative things. And that's how it started. And I said she wanted to be able to let the children make their own jewellery. And I didn't want to do beads because that's boring. So somebody had mentioned... um, that you could make your own charms and things if you got a laser cutter. So I thought, fine, let's buy a laser cutter. We can make some charms. The kids can come to the shop. Katie will love it and make little bracelets. And classic me, I'm watching all these kids make these little bracelets and Katie enjoyed herself and it was all lovely. And I thought, "Mm, this is quite nice. I might make myself some, you know, big earrings and things that I used (laughs) to like. And so I just... um, I started to do a few bits and pieces and then I was watching another show. I used to work in the shop on Saturday myself because I thought it was brilliant experience. But when you're in marketing... Non-stop working, Mags. Seven, day, seven days a week working. Oh, right? no, but it's not working, is it? I'm having the time of my life. Well, I think that's, so, that's a really good point though, isn't it? Because you've got, you know, you've you just mentioned there there was additional challenges as well and still are in, with, 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 I suppose, Katie as well. But you're overcoming that and doing something you love you know, you can work and it's not, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel as much like work. work. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it feels like work when, you know, if a client doesn't like your idea and you've put a lot of effort into it, it feels very much like work then. <laughs> but, and things, I mean, this year has been absolutely tricky as anything. So it can feel like work then. But generally, I absolutely love what I do. So it's not, I don't feel like it's work. But that's, I just decided to make some, I mean, I've been very lucky as well, I think in many ways, because, um, and I'm cheeky too. So what <laughs> happened with the jewellery, I decided to make something for myself. I noticed that the parents were spending more on themselves than their children. So I thought, hmm, maybe I could make some adult jewellery. I decided to go down to Vogue Festival, which I used to go to Vogue Festival 
because I'm into fashion, which I said, um, on an annual kind of trip basis. And they'd said that the jewellery editor of the magazine was going to be there and you could go and talk to her. So, oh, that's a good idea. I'll bang some of my jewellery on. Off I go to London. And I got spotted by the Vogue team wearing some jewellery. They introduced me to Lucinda Chambers' assistant. She was the fashion director of Vogue at the time. And they, the punchline is they featured some earrings that I'd made in Vogue, in an editorial, on the cover. I know you know all this stuff. Not a bad start, is it? Not a bad I, remember, start. I remember it well. Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Absolutely. And then, so that happened really quickly. I thought, oh, I better get some staff. I'd always really wanted... quickly. I mean, this is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the time it was. This is months you're talking about here. Yeah, it so, was. Yeah. yeah, six months from start mm. to being on the cover of Vogue in six months. So I yeah. thought, well, I must be good at this from a design point of view. But th- this is interesting, actually, from an entrepreneur and, and copyright, because then here we go. This has been one of the most fascinating things, I think. So Two Lally started. We just made up a silly name. It was my husband, as you know, who came up with that ridiculous name just because he thinks I'm barking mad. And I wanted – it's a long – it's a silly story. And so I thought, well, this is quite a good idea. Let's crack on. I went to a trade show and John Lewis were wanting to get into fashion. They spotted us. At the time, I was considered really cool and our stuff was really cool. So they took us on. And to be honest, the business almost created itself because we got the John Lewis stores, all 42 of them. That's it. And a phenomenal start. And it's, I love the story as well, because I love the story. It started, you know, to think about how it started as well as a, a sort of a small family run business and yeah. to help well, it still with, is, with, with really. Katie and still yeah. is. And then, and then it's, it sort of then escalated to the point where, mm-hmm. and really quickly as well, and a testament to, you know, the, the design of the product and, and the creativity of it. And I think how it, 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 sort of fitted a or found a gap in the market as well quite quickly didn't it that obviously it was... did but this is where you come in again my dear because <laughs> if you remember I was using a laser cutter it's not yep. rocket science um, yeah, well, exactly. if somebody sees the design they can copy it and as you know what happened was they did in their droves quite honestly one um I suppose benefit that you have of your business growing so fast with John Lewis but at the same mm. time it's then the then third party awareness that oh there you are in John Lewis you know so and this product seems to be doing very well exactly how can we get on a piece of this cake you know how can we ride off the coattails of this of this really cool fashionable successful brand very quickly and mm. um and that actually stimulated something else didn't it you know in terms of seeing them on on TV and I remember uh spotting them oh you're gonna talk about strictly come dancing now well we can't not talk about strictly come dancing i don't know it's i lose i do if i'm being honest i do lose some cool points for this but i genuinely don't care i do not care i think it's cool max i'm a a huge fan of strictly come dancing so (laughs) that's the best fun ever i did it remotely this year but I got to go the year before, when before COVID struck. So yes, I designed lots of the earrings for Strictly Come Dancing. And it, what's so fantastic about it is, I think it's really good for me. But it was harder this year, though, because it wasn't live. So they filmed them. We did it all in advance this year. So they weren't hanging around wearing my earrings all the time. So I don't think they were as easy to spot. But I find it really inspirational creatively. It means... It takes me out of my comfort zone and I do some wild and wacky things that I wouldn't normally necessarily do. 
Well, that's, but that's, I mean, that's it, isn't it? You're enjoying what you're doing, then it's even yeah. better, isn't it? Uh, I mean, but then, but then we come on to a little bit, we'll talk about, I suppose, the trademark as well. And we had an interesting story, didn't we? With the Our letter T. Um, the letter T, yeah. We had an interesting story of that. Because you told me something recently about the letter T, how it's become a hallmark. So it was a really interesting story because similarly, we were really focused on the anti-counterfeiting. I think we knew that this product is something mm. that we were we're quite quickly going to see coming onto eBay and Amazon and through That's you know, right. well, we had even, seen even it. customs and already started seeing it. And mm. very quickly then we thought, well, let's not just register the name Tulali. You know, this is jewellery. So what what's mm. good, what are you going to use on your jewellery? And I think this is mm. a really interesting point for many of the listeners is that it's not just about registering the full brand. It's actually how do you use it in real life terms? And here you often you're going to be shortening it to appear on the you know, on the packaging or to appear mm-hmm. on the product itself. It's a small product. So you're going to put the, the first letter. And the first letter here is a quite a creative letter T as well. It's, it's visually very different. It's got this big serif. So why not? So we thought, okay, well, let's register the letter T. And um, I know we were relatively surprised, weren't we, when we received that opposition and we fought it all the way. And testament to your own skill set is that you actually attended the first hearing, didn't you? I did. It's a great story. Yeah, it's a great story, isn't it? And that's like you said, it's, a, it's an amazing end to the to, to the journey of your of your Tulali business and the letter T in particular. I'm really excited to see, you know, what the fine jewellery looks like. Your very creative products are always exciting. And um, I'm excited to see where they end up as well. I love spotting them somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, and that's a great thing about my job. You know, it's like we're working with brands, you mm. get to see them, you know, and, and you know, I get really excited about it. And I'm always getting excited about your new products and your product ranges. So watch this space. And um, on that note, I think, Mags, um, I'm going to say a huge thank you to you for taking your time this morning to talk to us uh, about your your story to uh, becoming an entrepreneur. I think it's been an absolutely fabulous um, little synopsis of your journey. Um, you know, and I think it will resonate with many entrepreneurs, many business people who are listening to this podcast um, and then you know, challenges that you face along the way. And I think you've been very modest about some of those challenges. Um, and they're modest about your successes. Um, but I'm really sort of excited to see that where the future unfolds and, and wish you all the best. And now I've got the opportunity to do so. Well, thank you very much, Mags, again. And we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Lees. If you have a question or issue you would like our IP specialists to discuss on the podcast, then tweet us at Appleyard Lees or email us at ip at appleyardlees.com. For more information on The Fable or Tulali, visit thefable.com or tulali.com.